recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the Martial Culture Podcast. Your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with, with Coach, Coach Rene Dreyfus and, and Matt Peters. Peters. Ring the bell and let's get, get it on. UFC who? I'm all about Premier FC. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm glad to be back. Uh, and what we have a, a one, weekend. It was a great weekend. It was fantastic. I'm super, super, super happy. You're still on cloud nine? I'm on with, cloud uh, 309. Yeah. That's great. I'm super. It's wonderful. Beautiful. Very proud of my guys. Familiar voice in the studio. Hasn't been here in a while. Ever since we moved to the new space, he hasn't even been here. That's true. He's been a busy man. Jilson's back. Yes. Uh, you know, one of the favorite fans. <laughs> um, fans' favorite, actually. And But yeah, but there was a... I've been away for a little while, but I'm back. I'm very grateful to be back. And I know that Gracious Day made a campaign against me having having me on the podcast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was like sponsored by BJJ Hero stuff. So, and Matt was like, well, I, I need to really take care of my business. Joseph, mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. I was going to pay more. I love you, but I need to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. And then they, kept, they kept me away as long as they could. <laughs> and Renee brought me back in. Today, so I'm going to the fire escape. I'm going to yeah, know, right? Yeah, yeah. Snuck yeah. him in. I think it's a uh, it's a uh, Henzo waiting outside to be. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you know, Henzo school with me. No, 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 I, no. I the other guys. It's a joke. It was a joke. This is for people who don't know. This is complete not serious. But um... <laughs> but there was amazing fights this weekend. There were. In, there uh, were Massachusetts. Yes, it came on the uh, home turf. There and, we we, and, we went up to enemy territory. Yes. Took the belt and ran. Or we, walked away slowly. Yeah, we, <laughs> in slow motion, slow-mo. <laughs> and there's an explosion behind us. Oh, wow. You didn't look back, did you? <laughs> I didn't look back. No. Just light a match. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, it, was, it was a great experience. And, you know, we had uh, Karen on from Premiere before. <laughs> and she just runs an amazing, amazing show. But um, it was this one was a real long one. It was a real stressful one. And York was fighting for the title. G was fighting for the title. And... Um, you know, it started out, uh, like you said, it was enemy territory. And also, um, Yorick had been sick for a week. Like, we were supposed to have some final training, light training on Wednesday, Monday and Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, and he was sick the whole time. Uh, that developed into a little bit of like a stomach sickness, and he was really not 100%. And, and it was definitely like, and with the weight cut, you know, um, it's, it's hard and it depletes you. And then he was so hungry that he ate a little too much, um, to rehydrate and then that didn't sit well in his stomach and i think also you know it was his first title fight and there was some pressure there too and you know i went up to his hotel room to bring him some rice and stuff late at night and he's watching videos on his on his uh on his opponent and um i think you know there was a little bit of like um you know sometimes sometimes it's like oh what if the opponent does this and this and this and you overthink it mm-hmm. and combine that with the pressure of the moment and it just you know uh he got the w it was great but it was it was a, a it was a you know a dragged out dog fight it was it was a hard fight and uh Zachary is a tough fighter he has two belts in other organizations huh. so he's a he's, he wanted to have be a triple champ in three of the new england organizations but we were the big spoiler yeah, not today and not today and it came out and it was back more than we you know looking at the scorecards a lot of people and there's a um, um, a website that they gave a play-by-play, and they said, you know, York took the first round with strikes, 
But he had a lot of trouble um, defending the takedowns. This guy's a very good wrestler too and came out. We knew he was going to wrestle. And we defended it. But, you know, because he was not feeling well, um, he just, you know, a lot of times when you have like stomach issues, you know, really bad, you just, you just lose that power in your, in your lower legs. And, um, and it just, the takedown defense wasn't going there. And things were not going to plan. Though, I felt we were dominant. We were actually doing much more damage. So the takedowns the guy got were never big takedowns. They were just like little trips. So there was no damage. And he did no ground and pound uh, from there. Um, and then York either got up or threatened triangles. And then the, there was other rounds where um, York finished uh, on top. He got top crucifix and the bell rang. Um, that was in the second round. So they gave um, – they I think people gave the round to, to Zach, the second round of Zach. But – you know, York, I'm pretty sure it was the second round. York finished the second round in top crucifix. If it had gone on longer, you know, it would have been a bad, mm-hmm. bad night for the guy. Um, and then the third, the fourth round was, I think, very, very even. I still, you know, I disagree with the judges. I, I would, I think, you know, um, uh, uh, York did more damage, but the guy definitely had, you know, it's come down to what we said the other day, John Jones, Octagon control was the deciding factor in this match. The, the takedowns were, were there and, um, and our takedown defense was not what, what it, where we would have hoped it would be. Of course, you know, Richard's a tough opponent. And then, but the fourth round was all us. He, Richard came out really strong. He actually bum rushed York really hard and clipped him. But then York clinched up, did the very first technique that I teach everybody in our academy was his outside trip. And we knew that Richards was a little weak to defending this. It was a great balance breaking. Outside trip, right to mount, ground and pound. Great. York had wonderful, wonderful mount maintenance and back maintenance. Kept the position, kept raining down punches, raining down punches. Richards gave up his back. And we knew when Richards would get caught in back mount that he had trouble escaping. Mm -hmm. So we sunk in that back mount. He got a lot more punches. He did manage to escape a second, but then we got the back mount again and sunk in the choke. But they, we were worried about time, and uh, York made a really, really smart decision to switch from fighting for the choke and just go right for strikes and did a very fast volley of strikes, which is exactly what we practiced, and the referee called a stop to it. Mm. And it was a, it was a really hard for victory, and, uh, and it was – it was a it was a knockdown dragged out dogfight of a match and mm. both two guys are you know evenly matched and i'm just i'm proud of it and i'm also honored dude, that we shared the ring with someone like Zach Richards who who um you know proved that he was a warrior that guy you know shout out to him you you rise to your best when you have a, a opponent who really prepared for you and really pushed you to the limit, and this is a, a play thing that you know uh, York can look back on in a moment of his career where someone really pushed him to the edge, and he went to that edge mm-hmm. and then threw the guy off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, but Zach Zachary is nothing but respect for yeah. the guy and Team Nostos MMA. You know, yeah, nothing sure. but respect for those guys. And um, so that was that fight, but it was an emotional roller coaster. I mean, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to coach really calm, and I'm like, I'm like, um, why? the fuck are you defending the takedowns that's what i want to say but so this morning did you guys start training that did you give him a day off or no he has a day off he actually hurt his foot he kicked him so much in the head uh, he hurt his foot and it was a previous um or pick kicking he had previous injury he hurt his foot in the last fight too mm. and i think it's the same area where it's a little bit like he hit him so many times with his kicks that uh the foot is inflamed and you know it's important that he gets a day off he earned mm. a day off but he wasn't actually intending to come in yeah. but he messaged jilson and myself and he's like um I don't think I can come in my foot swollen. Yeah. But yeah, that was actually what we were going to work today yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, hopefully he uh, gets closer to getting that Costco sponsorship. See him all on Instagram. I, you know, I didn't know about that. Yes. <laughs> I don't if I get, yeah. once his birthday, I'm going to buy him a big box of trail mix. 
Oh, uh, um, I don't actually know. I don't know York. Maybe birthday. just for I should know. Congratulations that. on your win. Here's some trail mix. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll send them, send them a box. But um, and so it was a real emotional roller coaster. Um, and and then the, what? Six hours later, we had another fight. Yeah, I know it was a long ride. And okay, so this is what happened. Um, this is no fault of Premier whatsoever. It was a great promotion, but at the same time, the fight was going on. The arena was also being used for a hockey game. So our normal wait, you know, like warm up room, it was taken because the hockey side of the arena, the Mass Mutual Arena is huge. So they had two events going on at the same time, and so the normal place where where we're um, supposed to go was was so taken. So they put us in this other large room, and they ran curtains between the corners mm-hmm. um, because they just didn't have the ability to to use those other rooms. Um, and and actually, it's funny because they first put us in a room. And, and then, but the, the, um, commission said, no, no, we don't have enough people to walk around all those areas. So everybody has to be in the same room. So it was like, it was a bit of a call from the commission, I guess. But we are in this room. But then, of course, fighters being fighters, they want space. They want to do their thing. So suddenly, little by little, the corners started disappearing. You know, like there, there was, there were these, you know, walls that people put up, these, you know, the curtain walls, but people just started ignoring them. And so everybody's like warming up in front of each other. And, um, and there was like, you know, so, uh, York's opponent was warming up right next to York and we, and New York's like, I don't want to see him. And then also one fight ended and I don't know who it was, but he seemed to have taken a really bad liver shot and he did not, so I'm not ex- exaggerating. You know, sometimes I exaggerate. This is not exaggerating. He did not stop vomiting and dry heaving for a, a half an hour. It was over 30 minutes and then he was a medical check and I believe they took him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But he, he, but he was right next to me. There was a curtain, and he was really on the other side of the curtain. So all I'm hearing is, bleh, bleh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. And it starts smelling like vomit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, when you go through the fight, you see that York hit him with, really got a yeah. nice. But this nice is before blow. York's fight, yeah. though. This is before, there was a different opponent when we were getting ready for York's right. fight. Yeah, but yeah, no. I, the other guy took a lot of damage from York for sure. Then when York's fight was over, because the, like I said, the corners had kind of like disintegrated. Pat Casey's camp was like right on top of us and we we're trying to avoid them. They're trying to avoid us. And let me tell you, Pat Casey is a wonderful gentleman and a great fighter. Um, but some members of his camp were, you know, not as like respectful as I would have expected. And I mean, I, I don't know if they were members of his camp or who were their fans or I don't know who they were, but, um, uh, G was warming up doing pads and one of his coaches, you know, just looks and goes, <laughs> like, this is one of those things. And, um, there was a bit of, I, I think it was, I don't know, you know, let me not say it was his coach cause I don't know who it was, but it was, a, it was a gentleman that was in that area and just was very, very dismissive of us. And I think that was the whole vibe that we got from the crowd because the crowd was insanely hostile to us. I was telling Jilson, like, I think I understand the Lute de Livre, Gracie rivalry a little bit better because, you know, this is the New York Massachusetts thing for sure. But we, 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 we experienced from the minute we got there a lot of, um, a lot of negativity and, um, and um, not from Pat Casey himself, though, who was a true gentleman and a great warrior, you know, not from him or from his head coach, Marcos, who I know is a wonderful, wonderful guy. So I don't know who these people were. So I don't want to say it was one person or another. Right. But um, um, however, we we go out and I'll tell you, G is very interesting because he thrives 
under be, being uh being the 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 spoiler. So you know, G's walkout song is the one by Justin Bieber, <laughs> and he goes, it goes, I'm the one, I'm the one, yeah. And then all the fans as we're walking out, not tonight, not they're screaming at us, not tonight, not tonight. And G just raises his hands and laughs. And let me tell you, I had this like Zen moment before the fight, and I listened to um, Carmina Burana, which is a like a gothic death chant. And it gets me in the mood for the fights. And I was like, because it was like, I'm like not going to listen to this negative. I just started listening to this gothic death chant. And I was like, and I was like, cool. And G and I were just talking. And let me tell you, even through all this negativity, we were incredibly relaxed. And I'll tell you a funny story. So we went out to get some food before the fight. And we went to this restaurant. And G, you know, when he's not in fighter mode, is an accountant. And he doesn't look like such a tough guy. I, you know, we're very polite. We don't act like fighters, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down being very polite. And the waitress is like, so what are you guys doing here? And we're like, we're here for the fights. So I said, this guy's fighting for the 185 pound title. And she's like, title and what? And we're like, mixed martial arts. She's like, oh, she goes, she got really worried. She goes, don't get your face fucked up. <laughs> She goes, she's like, don't get your face fucked up. And we started cracking up. So right before G and I walk out, I go to him, I go, G. You know, I get very serious. I look at him and he thinks I'm going to – because sometimes I, I give these like very, you know, like zen, you know, things to, you know, like, you know, the the uh, the, the the impotent – impetus you know, the, the impediment to the way is the way. This is an old quote I gave him one time and I said, you know, these – these the, I look at him. I get very serious and I go – and he's waiting for that, that really important thing, you know, zen kind of thing saying. I go, remember – don't get your face fucked up. And we just start cracking up and we start laughing. All the Sizzicoge, we just start crying, laughing and we walk out and I'm smiling and I just knew G was going to win. And they're screaming at us, not today, not today. We walk in, I put it on and I'm like, just don't get your face fucked up. He's like, no problem, coach. Mm-hmm. And we start cracking up. I've never been more relaxed once we stepped out. Like, you know, never been more relaxed. And then G, you know, Look, G just fucked this motherfucker up. Like, you know, that guy did not – and I'll tell you, and I have a lot of respect for Pat Casey, but uh, I, I was watching, following his social media and also things that the, were said before the fight, and they were extraordinarily confident. And I think one of those guys that, that was poo-pooing G's technique, um, you know, was uh, – was it? And then Mariko overheard a bunch of people in the stands. All our guys, you know, a lot of guys came up and they said they were cheering. They're like, "Oh, that guy G is gonna get fucked up. He's gonna die, man." Pat Casey and the entire arena, you know, was like sold out for the hometown kid. Mm-hmm. And everybody's listening to all this like trash talk, trash talk, trash talk. And um, you know, some of our family, the radical family, came up. They they were going when G came out. They cheered, and then other people were like boo behind them. They were surrounded, and. Um, and the fight starts, and we we watched a lot of film on Pat Casey. We were, you know, we we actually prepared twice for him because one time we couldn't we couldn't fight. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to cancel that fight, and and he couldn't fight either because uh, I believe he had he had had some scheduling conflict or med- medical thing or something. I forgot. So we had actually prepared from Tyson. I've probably watched five or six hundred hours of his fights, and mm-hmm. I we just knew what was coming. We prepared. They did not take us seriously and there's no disrespect to that team but we could tell because um there was a level of like oh we're gonna walk through this guy he's not on our level and you know you said you saw an interview where where mm-hmm. i forgot what they said exactly but you saw the interview you said uh g's never fought anybody on my level 
Yeah. So this is going to be interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So and, and, you know, there might be some it. truth to that, although I'd say Jeez fought some uh, – at pro, you know, the, the level is different. But I'd say in amateurs, he fought some guys who were, who were quite good. And also mm-hmm. – People, they didn't give credence that G has competed at the, at, he's a purple belt under me in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, and my MMA style, but he's fought at black belt level. Uh, uh, I don't even know how many times, but he's taken home 12, uh, championship titles at black belt level and he's faced some really, really tough guys and he f- even fought a, a high level, very high level representative from the Danhart Death Squad and, and, uh, beat him. Not, not their, their AA game guys, but, um, but a high high level guy and, and beat them, so you know he's faced he's faced some some stiff competition, mm-hmm. and um, also before the fight we brought in a um, seven time Muay Thai champion um, and European fighter. He's fifteen and one. He actually was visiting from Belgium. Uh, he's fifteen one in May. He's visiting from Belgium. Uh, he brought him in. Uh, it was nice enough to work with G and G, you know, held his own very very well. And also we had a great coach, our newest coach, Coach Pina, uh, Pina um, um, uh, who just got back from Thailand, who is also one of the highest ranked Muay Thai guys in uh, the nation now, working with him. And of course, we have Jilson, who has a huge amount of uh, experience helping with the training too. Man, you're, you surrounded him by championship caliber guys. And Jilson, you, you know... Yeah, Professor Ken, of course. Yeah, of course, Professor Ken. I was going to get to that. But Jillson, you work with G, and and you you were helping him get ready as well. And what did you notice about G's technique in in, in when you work with him? It's it's important for me. It's important to always uh, uh, first be fair that athletes, fighters like uh, Eurock and G, they've been assisted by like the, high, the, the highest level when it comes to striking coaches. And that's really it's uh, when they come to you or they work with you, you know, you notice that you know, like the level how they go move, how they move. So I have to give a shout out to Professor Ken from Class yeah. One MMA. He's a one I see him. I the way I perceive him is to be one of the. I'm a good striking coach. I'm good. He's really good. He's a great striking Fantastic. coach. Fantastic. Yeah. And I see him as like one of the best in the country when it comes to striking coach. Really geared towards MMA. Yes, absolutely. And so everything that uh, what I see when it comes to G, of course, we had uh, G also worked with Rafael Abogado. That nowadays he's in in in, in Thailand training. Yeah. And Chris Robinson, who's yeah. on our podcast too, yes. mm-hmm. who gave us a very critical piece of information mm-hmm. on how to defeat Pat Casey way way many months ago. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Chris and thank you. But I'll get to that in yes. a second. Yeah. yeah. So it's important. It's important for. It's always important to. To a knowledge, giving all credit where the credit is due, and I always go back to to Professor Ken because Professor Ken's been working with York since 2011, so it's been like nine years now. And York is a, a, a great striker; he's a great fighter, really great striking uh, uh, skills. And thanks to C1 MMA, which means thanks to Professor Ken and also uh, prof, uh, Coach uh, Max, which I, I don't know personally, mm-hmm. but I have to acknowledge because he's uh, he's part of the the team. G is the same. G has worked with Raphael. He worked with uh, the John, his first name, John, uh, who just came from Thailand, which helped to, to get some uh, extra insights. Chris, of course, Robson would get at great insights. So my work actually was minimal when it came to actually work with the fighters, and that's the truth. I really give all the props to the coach that I mentioned, uh, starting with uh, Professor Ken. 
Yeah, but I remember you working a couple things with the G, just but just with the jab and stuff, and and I thought that was great. But also there was uh, amazing insight. So we just surround each other with with people who look. I don't know everything, and to say that I know everything is just stupid. And you don't learn. I know Chris Robinson is amazing. Professor Ken is amazing. So surrounding myself with people and Jilson, he's super humble. Man, Jilson knows what the fuck is up. He is a fighter right here, and I have nothing but respect for this guy. Um, um, and he laughs at my jokes, which is he's the only one. <laughs> you on the payroll? <laughs> he's on the payroll, yeah. A man gotta lie. eat, man. A man gotta eat. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, Chris Robinson uh, said, okay, we're looking at the tape. He's like, he loves that overhand, and he's going to try to drop G with that overhand. You know, that, that, that uh, overhand right. And he said, just switch to Southpaw. So six months ago... G, G always liked being in Southpaw because it works with some of the footwork that we got from Professor Ken and that I've been working with him crazy, crazy a lot. And so G's like, I feel very comfortable with Southpaw. So suddenly when you switch Southpaw Orthodox, the overhand right's just not fucking there. Mm. And, and so, you know, most of the fights G fought Orthodox and now we fight both. So, um, G has an amazing check hook from, from Southpaw. And uh, which for people who don't know, it's like when somebody comes at you, you just kind of like hit a short hook to stop their momentum to check them from coming in. And would that be that would you're be an action? An, yeah, you're yeah, going an angle, angle. Yeah, right? Right. An angle. Step to your right. Yeah. And then comes with the short hook. Right. And he's got a great check hook. And the thing is, if they had watched any tape on G, they would know that his check hook is really, really good. And um, I don't think they did. I didn't think they mm-hmm. they came out and Pat Casey looked. Like he was, wait a minute, this is not what I expected, mm-hmm. you know? And they didn't think that we would be prepared for that. And then the other thing was Johnny Pina, he came back from Thailand. He gave a couple tips. It was our whole strategy. Everything we drilled this probably 5,000 times a week was elbows, 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 elbows. Everything is elbows. Now we're going to st- stop that overhand and then we're going to finish him with elbows. And the way that was, and it was knee. Elbow. It was sometimes shoulder punch, knee, elbow, or sometimes just knee, elbow. I mean, Jillson, how many, we know in the striking class, that's our basic combination is shoulder punch, knee, elbow, or if there's space, just knee, elbow. And so, uh, um, you know, they, 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 I would say that it was two things. One, it was a lack of preparation for a opponent. They overlooked us. And I'm not saying anything trash talking about the camp. I have a lot of respect for them, but I think they, they didn't realize what they were facing. And then it was also not realizing that we were incredibly ready for what they brought and they were not understanding. Like we didn't even have to go to our B game or C game. Mm-hmm. We already planned deep into our B and C and D game. And, uh, and, um, it was stop that overhand, knee, elbow. And we stopped the overhand and he just smashed him with that hook. And then he also hit him with the cross and the, the guy stumbled because G said he tried the overhand. G beat him, beat him to him. He caught him a little bit, but G really hit him. Tried the overhand again. G hit him harder. And then the other hand, it was boom. So it's actually he tried the same thing three times. And his corner was yelling out overhand. So obviously they were like wow. thinking that he would still be an orthodox. And this is not, again, not trash talking, but all the social media, all the stuff, the vibe that we got, everything, they did not prepare for us. They were deluded um, about they were not seeing the facts. They were seeing what they thought. And sometimes, I, I can't say this for sure, but a lot of times here in, in New York, uh, I've experienced it many times with my students. We have a lot of Asian students. And sometimes you see a little bit um, a dismiss, sometimes dismissive attitude 
towards uh, Asian students, and it's like a little bit racial. I'm not saying anybody's racist, but it kind of is in the air sometimes. Like, oh, you know, they're not as tough. They tend to be a little bit smaller fighters. And G's Asian, but he's also a big boy. Big boy and, <laughs> and, and he has power. He has power. And it's like, I, I mean, I, I would say that's not in the coaching team, but in this fans, you could hear it. There was a little bit of racially inspired, you know, mm. stuff. And, uh, I can't, not in the coaching. I would not say that, but, but, you know, the, he just did not prepare and they were deluded. And when you think someone, something, when you think something, a lot of times, you know, and Jillson can speak to this because he's an expert at this, but a lot of times you're presented a data. But instead of really seeing that data and saying, oh, wait a minute, this contradicts what I thought, you double down on your, on your delusional belief. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's what happens. They're like, they assumed he would be the same guy he fought a year ago. Of course, that's not the fucking case. And, and even a year ago, he was a tough guy. And they just like, oh, he hadn't fought anybody. We've, you know, fought in Belter. I mean, we got invitations to Belter. We turned him down. Right, because it's not where we want to go right now. So you know, there was lack of preparation, and then the coaching was not being responsive to our to our strategy. And then he just hit him with the check hook, hit him again with the 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 left. Then it went to the clinch, and he just backed him up against the cage, back, 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 back. And then what do you do? The guy tried to get up, knee, elbow, and it was a elbow. I mean, mm. it was. It was and it was just picture perfect, and he dropped. And G said he looked at the ref. He's like, "Are you going to stop it?" Because the guy was out, and the ref didn't stop it. So he threw the uppercut, which is exactly what we practiced: elbow uppercut. That was the next, and then boom, and then he just the referee called it, and it was forty six seconds. It's yeah. the fastest Pat uh, Casey's ever been stopped, ever been, ever been defeated, and <sighs> nobody's done that before. And um, and you know we were I'm very very proud of wow. G and. Um, and and uh, that Do you think was, he wore his belt to work today? He wore his belt everywhere after the fight <laughs> in his fucking freaking crazy tracksuit. It's kind of a velour suit. suit. And then and then we went to we went to um, uh, barbecue afterwards. He's wearing it in the restaurant. And we woke up the next day. And went to breakfast. He wore it to the breakfast place <laughs> as he should. Well deserved. But, but but shout out to the breakfast place because it's our, our it's called the good the good plate in in Springfield, Mass. It's amazing food, and it's always part of our like rehydration refueling. Uh, thing they have um, great food and it's part of our our our, uh, our tradition there okay. and uh, and then the the but he wore it everywhere <laughs> and the whole staff was taking pictures with yeah. us and we wanted to go back to that waitress who told it don't 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 get your face yeah. fucked up but we had how's his face look now his face he didn't take anything yeah, no, no, no damage whatever. still What's beautiful up? yeah. <laughs> it went nine, eight, nine fights in. G's never taken any hard damage. Wow. But uh, but what was your take? You watched the, the G's fight. What was your what was your take? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I felt that they were unprepared. But maybe maybe I'm biased. Yeah, I know. So so before before I, I give my my insights when it came when it comes to the to the fight, let me just say I was uh, with a, a female friend, and there was a picture from Mariko and my sis, my my brother's wife here, Rene, and and G. And then she looked at the picture like, hmm, he's handsome. I'm like, do you see me in the room? <laughs> <laughs> and then we started there. So uh, that's one thing I'm going to hold against G. All right? He's it, a looking, real, real uh, uh, good-looking kid. you train him a little harder next time. Yeah. Man, all Make right. sure so, your face isn't mm, so pretty. No well, well, he's good-looking now. But, but Can I show you the but, older but, picture but, of him? So, so the same thing that the, the, waitress, the waitress said. Like, please, don't get your, your face hurt. You know, messed up because it's so good looking. Yeah, it's, it's so good looking. You know, 
So I went through this myself. <laughs> on, on a, and then, so I just think I'm going to hold it against you. Mm. Now, <laughs> when it comes to, actually, when it comes to the fight, we knew, we knew that G was ready. He was prepared to, to fight. You know, we always respect Pat for, he had like seven fights prior to, to pro fights prior to G. And three and, in Bellator. And which means, and fighting in the organization like Bellator. So we knew that he had experience. So we took him very seriously. There is, there is, there is, it, it is a valid point to say that they may have, they may have overlooked us. They may have underestimated us and, and they pay the price. Not only by losing the match, but losing as fast as they did. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know what? Go there. Go for a rainmaker, and you're gonna drop him. <laughs> Gee, no, no. Even if you had a hit, that's the truth. If even if Pat had hit him, they don't know how really G's, how G is, how strong he is, and the the jaw. He has a really great yeah, jaw. I mean, he's got a pumpkin head. Yeah, he, yeah, you know, he's a, he's a, he has, he has a, like a Mongolia head. Right? So like it's solid. It's like with adamantium, like Wolverine. You punch that chin. And the chin Did you hurt your hand when you were sparring with him that one time? No, it was not. No, no, uh, it was not me. Uh, like somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. Yeah, 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 punch his skull. <laughs> Whenever I play, uh, I do some sparring with G. I'm very careful not to poke him. Because I know that he's gonna really hurt me if I do it. So you know what? <laughs> Don't poke uh, the bear. You wow. know what? Yeah, it's like in Brazil we say like você não você não catuca onça com vara curta, which means you don't poke a leopard with a, a short stick, <laughs> right? So and would you with part of like I'm always very careful because like if he really unleashes because right now I'm not even 190 and he walks around like 220 or so. I mean, like, you need and, some and, steroids. Yeah, I, I gotta take. I gotta get back to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that feeling that good right. <laughs> so his G is very technical. He's very strong and he has like isometry strength from the grappling and with assistance from other uh, striking coaches, he upped his game to a really. Really interesting lab. So you put it together. The grappling with Coach Arenas, of course, is one of the best in the country. That's for sure. The MMA uh, knowledges and skills, it's absolutely one of the top in, in the country. Then you have the striking coaches that are, are at the top of the game and actually, again, better, one of the best in the top of the, of, the, of the country when it comes to Professor Ken, as I mentioned before. Rafael is a great striker and have insights like Robson. Um, Chris Robinson and Pena, and as I said, myself a little bit there, and we we were very confident yes. because we prepared. We took this, the fight very serious and uh, seriously, and it was a really important, very important matter to us on a personal level. Uh, as as a as a brand as a company you know what they have a brand because this the op, the doors that will be open after this and on a personal level you're taking pride to be part of this life changing event that's how we saw at least I saw this yeah. as a life changing event that one of our fighters will be able to to uh, to go through like is a is a new phase and he did and he did very well but most importantly. We always respect the the fighter who we were fighting against, and we prepared as as much as we could. I was as uh, 
hundreds of hours of really studying and what the possibility every day we'll talk about it we'll talk about it Rene is like he's very intense when it comes to uh, being strict and rigid when it comes to his uh, how to train and drill and drill and drill and drill five hours into the train he's just keep it drilling keep it drilling that's the way you develop your grit and that's completely uh coach Rene way of, of, of being and and this is it reflects in, in the fighters so the fighters they have the grit and I was initially I knew that Yurok um, was his immune system was not like a top shape, so I got concerned when he went to the fifth round. I was concerned that those takedowns would add up somehow, because you don't know what the judge how they are perceiving uh, the fight is interpreted different than the way you are. So I was concerned that he would not uh, be able to go to the fifth round, which still was something like some gas in the tank and still performing and finish the guy either TKO or knockout or submission. I was concerned when we went to the fifth. And things just uh, went our way because... Grit training. We took very seriously people, those who we were fighting against. And we knew that we were going to a hostile environment. You know, it's... Worse than Brock Four with Ivan Drago. It's just like, <laughs> and Yikes. yeah. So and you know we had the wood chopping too. That was really important yeah. part. The cat chopping the wood. Yes. You know from the Rocky scene. We did. Yeah, chop wood and carry water. Carry like, water. So yeah, exactly. Carry water. We chop the wood and carry Actually, water. Actually, you know it's funny, but there's a Thai expression um, which means hard work, and it's like you chop wood and carry water. And that's like that's how do you get good? You chop wood and carry water. You just chop wood, and, but it's it's true. It's like it came down to just over and over in basics. And you know, like G is not young, and also he has a full time job. But you know, sometimes we left the academy at eleven thirty at night. I mean, you know, you were there. Yes. You know, we're just like, yes. no, we're not yes. going home. Yes. We're going to do this one more fucking time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and G's like, all right. And I could see, and also G does have some injuries too, just though years and years of wear and tear. And um, how old is he? Uh, Thirty six. Yeah, wow. so um, so there was a, a big age gap uh, between them as well. But you know, thanks also to Doctor Sundaraj, you know Doctor Steve, who's on our podcast too. He got him in in really good good uh, shape and took care of those injuries as well. So shout out to recalibrate physical therapy as well. Does G have? Uh, I mean, obviously he's going to keep fighting, but is this like something he wants to pursue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. We're 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 going for the UFC. That's oh, yeah. it. You know, and then this is the belt that Platinum Mike Perry held. So hopefully we we can parlay that into a, into getting contenders or something. No, that is the plan. Hundred percent. You fight until you. And also, as we're grapplers, that's a good thing about a grappling strategy is um, is that your your longevity as a fighter is longer. You know, so I see us doing this at least five more years. You're gonna stay in the same weight class. Yeah, that's it. Because, you know, there was talk after the fight of him fighting the guy at the weight class, one weight class above. But um, I don't really think that's um, that's that's a good move because, you know, cutting weight, getting used to fighting. We're professionals and we're going to be professional at this weight class. The same thing could be people are like, oh, Khabib, you should fight George St. Pierre at 170. He's like, I'm a 155er. Let's mm-hmm. like this is where I am. I'm professional. I do my thing. And this is what I do. And the more you get into those like rhythms of of like how to cut weight, how to rehydrate. And that was one thing that went incredibly well. The rehydration, you know, with G came, he came, he went down to 185. And then, you know, like six hours later, seven hours later, he was back to 205. 
So, you know, it was, a, it was unfortunately not that healthy, but that's what everybody does. And he did it in a way with the help of my wife as well, um, who's really, really got their rehydration uh, down on a scientific level. And, um, and he, you know, a lot of times he would cut weight and he would get cramps everywhere. You know, he had like a tiny bit of cramps right as cutting weight. And then he just hydrated up back up perfectly and he felt fantastic. And, um, and you know, it was just, it's teamwork that, that got taking our opponents seriously and teamwork. And, um, you know, Jilson minimized his role, but he was always there uh, helping me pl- place tactics and things like that. And I'm not the best MMA coach in the world, but I like to surround myself with people who know a lot. And another shout out to Phil Cardella, um, who came up and gave a seminar and showed us his way of doing ground and pound. It didn't go there, but the next phase. If it had to, was to break out some uh, Phil Cardella style uh, ground and pound as well, and um, and uh, so you know if you surround yourself with you know the best, you will produce great results. But only if you you know are not delusional. And you know sometimes this is one thing I want to talk about. We shift away from the fight. Just it's like sometimes delusional thinking works for you and sometimes it works against you like you know be a champion you can't be 100% wedded to the reality is you have to see the reality that you want to create but that being said at the same time you have to recognize the data in front of you holy shit this fucking pumpkin-headed asian dude he's he's a he's a beast that's the if you watch his fights he's a he's a beast and all you just watch some of his grappling matches, but they didn't. They did not. And uh, Nick Newell, who's an MMA fighter, was calling the fight, and and I listened to his commentary, and he's like, because Nick had come down to train with me many many years ago, so he knew he knew how seriously we are in our training. And shout out to Nick, who's who approached me after the class and uh, after the fight, and he he was nothing but you know great things to say of our team, and he he was really impressed with York. How he knew something was wrong. He's like he wasn't getting those takedowns, but he stayed stayed so calm. And, you know, that composure was, but, but he's like, when he was calling G's fight, he's like, you know, G only has two pro fights and they weren't against the highest level competition, but this guy is confident and he was, feels really, 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 um, um, uh, confident skills to take on someone like, uh, like, uh, Pat Casey. And, you know, that confidence comes from somewhere. And I know, you know, that the radical team always comes to, to think he said something along those lines and he knew, he, he knew that we were going to come out strong. And obviously he was trying to be unbiased, but he came, he knew we were going to come out very, very strong and, uh, no disrespect to Casey, uh, but we, we knew we were going to finish. We knew it. We knew it because we had studied. We scientifically dissected everything that Pat Casey could probably do and we made a fucking counter for it. Mm. We took it seriously and, and, but it, it's, it's the teamwork of all the guys together. Okay. Um, and also shout out to to G's uh, uh, wonderful fiance Megan, who uh, is our logistics officer, and you know took care of all the other stuff. You know, Marmies win on logistics, and the same thing with fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, logistics was you know getting the car ride, and, yeah, everything, yeah, mm-hmm. hotel, and um, and great. So that was it was just a it was a great great thing. But you know, um, like I said. You want to dream. This is the larger thing for fighters out there. Like you want to dream of the reality you create, but you cannot just be. You know, I've seen this so many times. You cannot just be like, like this. Is guy came to my academy and he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to fight, I want to fight. And I told him, man, you won't fight for at least two years because you, you, you know, you suck. <laughs> and I didn't say suck, but, but I'm like, you know, like look at, look at you fought with part of my white belts, my lowest level white belts, and you got smoked. So you gotta you gotta deal with that reality right now, buddy. You know, if you don't deal with that reality, 
you know, you could say, I want to fight, I want to fight, I want to fight. That's a dream. But you have to deal with this reality right here. And there's a, there's a good balance there. But I want to ask Jilson about what he thinks just last because I know Jilson is a master of the mental game. And, you, you know, like, you know, you making your vision and all that. But but how do you how do you see that good that balance between, you know, uh, you know, creating your reality in that kind of like Tony Robbins style positive thinking versus, hey, I got to fix this. It's a, it's complicated sometimes because based on the bias that a person has mm. and the identity that she holds as being true, you're not going to break somebody's identity. You're going to challenge and they will fight back because they don't know how to be any, anyone else, anybody else in terms of identity frame. That's the, who I am. Now, that's where it gets a little complicated because... If you think about it, Muhammad Ali, he, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. Yeah, from and, day one, I'm, I'm the, greatest. the greatest. Yeah. And, okay, great. Uh, are you? No, not yet. But you, you, you have always to to create the vision. That's where I will be. That's what uh, I will be. That's where where I will be. It always in kind of future sorts. But the whole thing, the, the difference is. If you don't have the identity now, you will not accomplish something that's going to happen in the future time. Mm. So when you say that you are the greatest, you now, you have to feel like the greatest. You can do no wrong when it comes to the fighting game. And if you do make some mistakes, you know how you're going to overcome because you have the answer. So you have to, let's use like a little energy type of a language, like you need to vibrate now as such person. Everybody wants to be a millionaire, but until you vibrate as a millionaire and think as a millionaire thinks, you're not going to be a millionaire. You're going to continue being broken in one year, five years, ten years time. So, it, And then when it comes to being deluded, when it comes to disillusional, it's has more to do with, I need some recognition, and I don't believe that I, I have this recognition, like I'm, and at least I'm going to give myself this. And then you say to yourself, you know what, I think I'm ready to do this. We know that you're not ready, you know. It's the kid from the One Million Dollar Baby movie, you know. He can't fight box for, he really can't. But in his head, he thinks that he can fight. And... But the, the the challenge with this is how coachable this person is uh, when yeah. it comes to taking ha- taking having, criticism, having a, a feedback. Feedback, you know, yes. Instead of using the word uh, criticism, uh, even though there are positive and yeah. constructive criticism, but we're talking about feedback, how yeah. coachable yeah. this person is. Doesn't matter what business you are, what what, what you do. This, this is not about martial arts. This is about life. Is you you hear from someone who has more experience than you, and so. And you go and say, personally, the way how I approach this, like, can I give a suggestion? I don't tell you what to do. I use the word suggestion. Can I give a suggestion? And if somebody says, sure, yes. And then I share, you know, based on my experience, this happened, this happened. And, and then you see how coachable the person is, yeah. uh, how open. And then if she will or he will change the behavior to influence their own identity that at that point in time, at that time, is actually not the best identity for them to really hold on to, which means the identity means the characteristics, the traits, the, the, the creates the controls, the behavior, the patterns, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know? Can, so, can I interrupt for one yes. second? Now, this is such a great point because, you know, I, I one person I, I work with and I like – I'm like, I, I can't have you in a fight because, you know, like, he's like, I'm the best. I'm the champion. I'm this. I'm that. I'm like, but all you do is guillotines. <laughs> you don't do anything else. You're not putting the work in. You're not listening. Man, part of being a champion is, is like you said, is taking that, that, that input and, and, and dealing it. But sometimes that attitude is like, it becomes this barrier where I'm the champ and I know everything. No, no, no. Nobody knows everything. And, you know, and, and even, even myself, like, I, I am confident in my martial arts skills in a lot of ways. I mean, depending on the position, obviously, you know, I have a lot to learn, but, um, when I'm confident, but you know, sometimes that can be a barrier to learning. So, you know, the other day I, I saw something technique and I'm like, Hmm, it's not my game, but I got to investigate that more, you know, like, Hey, I gotta, I gotta constantly go back and challenge my ideas. And, and for me, it comes back to science. And this is what I like about G is that we're on the same page is like, we, we never ever sit on our laurels. We're constantly scientifically analyzing our games and think, what can we do better? What can we do better? What can we, to me, that's what makes you a champ, not just like having vision. Although vision is absolutely important, but sometimes that vision or that like posturing gets in, 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 or just this kind of way you perceive reality gets too much uh, away from, from the actual reality day to day reality. But um, but that's a great point. It comes down to coachability and, and how you take input. But um, that that's uh, that's it. Um, did you do you saw the fight, right, Matt? Yeah. What what, what was your what, what did you think? Which one? Uh, both of them. Both of them. It's an amazing fight. I I didn't notice any. I mean, I'm not as uh, attuned visual person as all the little intricate details. Yeah. But in York's fight, I didn't I didn't see like uh, I couldn't tell he was uh, not feeling 100. percent Yeah. From, from the outside. Uh, I think he did a really great job, and obviously got the win. Yeah, really nice. And you, you know, you know, we we had Karen here. You know, Pat Casey was was a really tough guy. Did you think it would go like that? Or what no? Was, yeah, right. No, no I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> the confidence that you get, you brought in here, and we're talking, and then G talking on, on the phone that one time. And he just said, um, he said, he said, I want to go home early. That he, he said did, it right yeah. here on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so and I knew I, that you, you guys were prepared. I knew he was prepared, and obviously the the training team around him is is world class. Um, so I, I, I felt very confident he was going to win, uh, but I was surprised at, at how quickly it was. I had a conversation with G's fiance. Uh, we went to Starbucks like the, the day before the fight and she's like, okay, G's not here. Okay. Tell me for real because you know, I'm worried, you know, it's worried about his face. Yeah. It's, it's worried. It's like the waitress, right? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, tell me for real, you know, you know, how's it going to go? I said, G's going to fuck him up. Yeah. And she's like, really? But I, I was not expecting, like I even told G, I was like, G, don't try to finish him too hard in the first round and ruin your gassing. You remember, it's five rounds. So like, okay, coach. <laughs> and I'm like, motherfucker, you're going to try to finish him in the first round. He knew he was going to try it. I was like, he wasn't listening to me in this one. He's like, okay, coach. But, but, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, like third round or so, right? You know, that's when we were really thinking of the tournament. But I said, I looked at him. I'm like, okay, well, if you see your opening, just go take it. He's like, okay, coach. And I'm like, man, this guy's going to try to finish him the first round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, but I knew that you also had the cardio in the, in the gas tank to, to go. But, uh, overall it was, it was a great roller coaster ride. And it was so funny because right after the fight, G knocked him out. And then we look around and the arenas, I mean, like, this is what happened. Like, they're booing us, booing us. And then an elbow came and it was incredibly surreal. A, a massively filled stadium or auditorium, I should say, so many people, and you could hear a pin drop. Mm. I mean, it was like, oh. and then 
I was like, I just started like, whoa. I went in the cage and then as I looked, everybody looked so sad. And they just, they, it's like about two minutes later, the entire arena was empty. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was, you know, and also let me just say, finish up. Pat Casey is a great sportsman. He came over once in the ring and then also after the fight was extremely gracious. And you see, it's a measure of his, of a man, not when he's on top, but when he's on the bottom. I've seen very few people who were such amazing sportsmen and gave such a, um, you know, a good account of themselves in terms of acting like a martial artist and uh, really with class. And, uh, you know, of course, he'll be back and he'll do great. You know, just... Um, Are we doing a rematch? Ran into the G-Train. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So, no, so while uh, Pat was such a sportsman, um, great, really great way to the way he carried himself, the audience was like... Go back to your country. Um, Did somebody say that? No, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure somebody. I mean, Canada. He's yeah, Canada. go back to your country. Yeah, go to Canada. But um, enjoy your healthcare. Yeah, so that was that was it. Was a, it was a great weekend. Yeah. I, mean, I unfortunately did not see the Benavides uh, Figueredo Figueredo fight, um, but I'm looking forward to see that tonight. Figueredo. Figueredo. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. We can talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We all learn how to pronounce it though. Yes, Figueredo. <laughs> I get it? Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm going to let take that one. All right. Uh, good recap. And uh, we'll see what's next for G and York in the next couple months. Maybe they'll have another. Yeah. The next one is May. May. Yeah. We're defending With the titles Premier? of May. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful. And um, the other thing is we have some amazing guests coming up, but I'll, I'll uh, read some really, really incredible martial arts pioneers and, uh, and, Amazing! So psyched for the guests we have coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned. I have a lot of Gracies for... coming in, right? No. no. <laughs> well, actually, 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 actually he, he, what he just said when he just said now in terms of the great guests. Actually, he started this week with yep. me. Yes, absolutely. And, yes. First one. Yeah. You know, you know, he's like, he's like, you never invite me on the podcast anymore. No. I'm like, you're coming. You have a standing you invitation. Yeah, standing. Knock invitation. on the door. <laughs> and, and listen, Matt told me that you know there was a bad, negative. Feedback, you know, with everything that you said, so I can't, I can't bring it <laughs> I, back. I like I actually like your, your episode was one of our most popular episodes, so yeah. we're always happy to have you. You know, controversies sometimes, and, and, sometimes fo- and followed by he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know. Uh, thank you, Joseph, for coming on, so, and, and of course, here. you always have a standing yeah. invitation Pleasure. to the table. Thank you. thank you. All right, we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye bye.